Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Hi. Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I'm so glad that you're here. <sighs> I'm not glad that I'm here. I really don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And I'm doing it anyway, and I don't really know why. I guess it's about discipline. I guess it's about finishing before Advent, about finishing something I started. I don't know. But I impulsively hit the record button, and so now I'm telling you I didn't want to hit the record button. It's just something that I did. feel like there are probably lots of books out there on the relationship between desire and action and the will and none of which I would really be able to understand and probably understand understand less now than at any other point in my life but in any case let's um Let's read these words together and listen for ourselves and see where and if and how God might show up for us. Let's take off our shoes and know that we are standing or sitting or walking or driving across holy ground. My brothers, don't hold the faith of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with partiality. For if a man with a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your synagogue, and a poor man in filthy clothing also comes in, and you pay special attention to him who wears the fine clothing and say, sit here in a good place, and you tell the poor man, stand there, or sit by my footstool. Haven't you shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, didn't God choose those who are poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Don't the rich oppress you and personally drag you before the courts? Don't they blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? However, if you'll fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourselves, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin, being convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as men who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to him who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Where does your attention go in this passage? For me, it's those last four words, mercy triumphs over judgment. But also, don't the rich oppress you and personally drag you before the courts? Mm. 
Mm. Well then. The second time as we read, what connection do you make to this reading from your life? My brothers, don't hold the faith of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with partiality. For if a man with a golden ring and fine clothing comes into your synagogue, and a poor man in filthy clothing also comes in, and you pay special attention to him who wears the fine clothing and say, Sit here in a good place, and you tell the poor man, Stand there, or sit by my footstool, haven't you shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, didn't God choose those who are poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Don't the rich oppress you and personally drag you before the courts? Don't they blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? However, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin, being convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles on one point, he has become guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as men who are about to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to him who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What connection do you make to this reading? I uh, started laughing as I was reading it because of the, I think, obvious political connection, all of the stuff, all of the memes and Facebook posts and Twitter posts and people pointing out, you know, the 1% of the world have convinced poor white people that it's the Mexicans who stole their jobs. And so that's why they, they've just reoriented the focus of who is at fault. Why isn't there more prosperity in the middle class? Well, because Jeff Bezos has 490 fucking billion dollars, or whatever he has, 118 billion, some obscene amount of money. I think it's something like if you started at the birth of Jesus and spent $50,000 a day every day, you would not spend a billion dollars by the year 2021. And it's just like, so he could just give everybody that much? I mean, you know, $50,000. But people will be mad about, you know, who's getting those minimum wage warehouse Amazon jobs and not the fact that Amazon is creating all this wealth that's just going into Jeff Bezos's bank account that's obscene and ridiculous. So, I don't know. I'm anti-Amazon. I'm anti-accumulation of wealth. 
And uh, anti-wealth, maybe, I think. I don't know. However, judgment is without mercy to him who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, in all of these other ways, whether talking about adultery or murder or not loving your neighbor as yourself, not stumbling on one point and becoming guilty of all, I've, I don't know. Until I just went on this Jeff Bezos rant, I thought that I was going to say that I'm more able and more willing to be merciful because I understand now more of the reasons and the things that cause people to do what they do, even when it causes harm, even as I have caused harm, even as I am causing harm just by being me, as we all do. And so we need mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God, I hope so. This third time as we read, what intention do you imagine for yourself? now that we've read and reflected on this passage together. My brothers, don't hold the faith of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with partiality. For if a man with a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your synagogue, and a poor man in filthy clothing also comes in, and you pay special attention to him who wears the fine clothing and say, sit here in a good place, and you tell the poor man, stand there or sit by my footstool. Haven't you shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, didn't God choose those who are poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Don't the rich oppress you and personally drag you before the courts? Don't they blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? However, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin, being convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not commit murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as ones who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What intention do you imagine for yourself? My intention for mercy and my practice of mercy comes from following these Instagram parenting accounts that I follow 
where basically I'm coming to try to teach myself to believe to see any disruptive action on the part of your children is seeking connection. Not seeking attention, but seeking connection. Attention is a form of connection, of loving presence to a child. Attention seeking shouldn't be a bad thing. Connection seeking. So when my oldest is throwing a paper airplane at me or screaming at his sister or smashing the iPad on the ground or flipping over furniture, punching walls, any of the crazy things he does in his anger, I try to remember he needs connection. And so I do my best now to try to pick him up, hold him, and just say, I love you. Tickle him, play with him, wrestle him, cuddle him, snuggle him, make him safe, and tell him how much he's loved. The place where he's behaving the worst is where he needs love the most. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Sure, he might need to do some cleaning, some gentle touches, some reparative work. Not, I don't know, I don't, I still really struggle with the idea and concept of reparative work. I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know about repair. But mercy triumphs over judgment. I don't need to judge him. I don't need to be harsh with him. I don't need to punish him in those moments. He needs mercy. He needs love. He needs a more excellent way. So that's my intention, is just to double down, triple down, to continue to do that for him, to show him love. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And so for him, and so I can hope for myself. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours, friends, for wherever you feel, wherever someone thinks that you need judgment, you need mercy and you need love far more. And mercy triumphs over judgment, for you have within you, for you are the light of God, the light of the world, always.